Chapter 31, Concept 4, Reclaiming the Right Perspective An animal walks on all fours with his eyes naturally facing earth, artsius, the materialistic ground. Therefore, his natural view is of the lowest part of the world, the ground. Only with great difficulty can an animal temporarily change his natural posture by turning his head upward for a short period of time to allow him to see anything other than Arceus ground. Let's bring an example to prove the point. Slam dunk. The crowd at the circus event went wild watching an elephant stand on its hind legs and dunk basketballs. Now what is so exciting about an elephant dunking a basketball? After all, there are many people who can do that. The explanation is as follows. It is unnatural for an animal to stand upright and not face the ground. It takes a skilled trainer for a long time to teach the elephant how to do that. That is what makes it so fascinating to watch. The Medrash teaches us that human beings were created physically upright, giving us the ability to turn our view either upward toward heaven for a heavenly angelic view of the world or downward toward earth. But there's one catch. You can't see both at the same time. You have to choose your view, heaven or earth. When we compare animals to humans, there are many similarities. We both have the need to eat, sleep, take care of our physical bodies. However, Hashem gave us humans the ability to determine where our focus will be. The choice is yours. Will it be a heavenly spiritual view, like, like pure angels, or an earthly materialistic view, like animals? Will you focus your life on attaining lofty spiritual heights, thereby building a close connection with Hashem, or is your life focused on the next hot dog? Let's bring an example to prove the point. What talent! In Wikipedia, it brings down that the Nathan's International July 4th Hot Dog Eating Contest is an annual competitive eating competition held at Nathan's Famous Corporation's original and best-known restaurant at the corner of Surf and Stillwell Avenues in Coney Island, Brooklyn, New York. The event is held on July 4th and is regarded as the world's most famous hot dog eating contest and a colorful tradition of Independence Day in the United States. In 2006, over 30,000 spectators attended the event and an additional 1.5 million households watched it live on ESPN. The 93rd annual contest was held on July 4th, 2008. Six-time champion Takiru Tunami Kobayashi and defending champion Joey Chestnut were tied with 59 hot dogs eaten after the new 10-minute time limit. Oh, boy. But Chestnut prevailed by winning a five-dog eat-off held immediately after the contest. You have the power to choose a path that will lead you to an ethical and moral life with a focus on getting closer to Hashem and committing yourself to helping other people and to positively impacting the world around you, or you can choose to live your life like a walking, talking animal focused on how to best fulfill your own selfish needs and desires at any given time. So ask yourself, what is your perspective 
On the one hand, you could be an animal. All the way on the other side, you can be an angel. Where are you on the spectrum? The Heilige Rishon is Chisiyugunalani said, "Rebbei Nishalaylam, ani Moichel Oylam Azav Oylam Haba, uvilvad shetar eni Yisrael, shelo yistayvuvu ali Admos kebehemo blidas." Master of the universe, I am willing to forego both this world and the next, if only you would please enlighten the eyes of the Yidden, so they should not wander around the earth like animals. Let's bring an example to prove the point. The Human Circus On Cholamide, the Berenstein Bear family joined all the other local animals to see the very first Human Circus. In amazement, they watched Mr. Kleinkeppel, the famous human with the tiny head, get down on all fours and crawl around just like an animal, chasing a ball and bringing it back to the bear ringmaster. What is really blocking your spiritual vision? When you look around at the world through a purely materialistic view, the world appears to be full of loss, failure, hurt and pain, selfishness and emptiness a world with no rhyme or reason. You only see a world of confusion, dysfunction, inconsistency, and contradiction, a world where God is nowhere to be found. The Nesiva Shalom says, As your mindset becomes smaller and smaller, you turn into a petty, small-minded creature. Once your mind is condensed and squashed, to the point that your perspective on life is shallow and narrow, you can't see anything at all, except your physical needs and sinful desires. When will you fill your next need? Get your next fix. Let's bring an example to prove the point. Limited vision. Imagine that someone makes a huge pile of one million silver dollars. Standing a hundred yards away, you will be able to see the entire beautiful mountain of silver glistening in the sunlight. How much money can your eyes see? Well, a million dollars. However, if you take just two of those silver dollars from the mound and bring them closer to you, the closer they get to your eyes, the more they block your vision from seeing the entire pile. And they get closer and closer. And finally, when these two coins are placed right over your eyes, you won't be able to see anything other than just these two coins. The incredible million-dollar mountain has been completely blocked by just two small dollars. Now, how much can your eyes see? Just two dollars. A person who is trapped into small-minded thinking is commonly referred to as an addict. But in our case, we are not referring to someone addicted to alcohol, substance abuse, or gambling. Rather, we are talking about how each one of us can become trapped by our own desires that block the big picture. The more the walls of sin close in on your mind, the more you become controlled by small-minded materialistic thinking. We are at risk of relinquishing eternity for petty pleasures. We may sacrifice the infinite for the oh-so-finite. Shlema Melech, wisest of all men, said in Mishlei, I almost was in the middle of all evil 
right here, right in the middle of the shul, right in between all people. And the Metsudas David says, what does kimat mean? It means almost, right? But it also means the word ma'at, which means a little bit. Kimat. Ba'avur hano kitano kishir hayoyser muet. Hoyisi ata b'chol rab soich kahal rav eda g'doyla b'pirsum rav. For such an insignificant fleeting moment of pleasure, I almost fell into a world of evil while sitting right in the middle of everybody and being a proud, distinguished member of Klal Yisrael. For such a little hana pleasure, sometimes we are at risk of losing so much. The result is that your view of God's million-dollar world is now blocked out by tiny, petty pleasures that are blown way out of proportion and have taken over your entire perspective. Once your life is focused on physical pleasure and materialistic goals, you are much closer to the animal kingdom than to the angelic beings where you belong. The Nesiva Shalom says, It is your materialistic desires that prevent you from perceiving a feeling of connection to Hashem. They minimize your ability to see and absorb spirituality, thereby leaving you with a very weak bond with your Creator. As your feeling of connection to Hashem becomes weaker and weaker, you become even more vulnerable to being sucked into a self-indulging, pleasure-seeking, self-gratifying lifestyle focused mainly on the pleasure of the moment. You have little concern for anything other than your next petty physical desire, comfort, materialistic need, financial gain, drink, fantasy, sin, etc. Let's bring an example to prove the point. Fading Reality As Murray got more and more into gambling, it began to take over his life. He started to miss work and become unsocial. His friends and family tried to tell him that his love for gambling was getting blown out of proportion, but they couldn't get him to stop. Over time, his entire perspective changed, and all he could see was gambling. Nothing else was important, and he could not live without it. There was no night, there was no day. He would miss family time, and important work meetings. He even missed his son Murray Jr.'s 10th birthday party. The whole family gathered together, but Daddy just called in because he was stuck in a meeting. The family members who knew better tried to call, text, or email him to please come home, at least for the end of the party. At first, Murray felt bad, but he just couldn't stop playing. Finally, he just turned off his phone and shut out the world. The Nesiva Shalom teaches us, Hamabat ha'artzi, hu bibchinas v'ha'aretz ha'isasoyu v'avoyu, ki ha'artzi is mevi ba'adam bilbul hadas. Looking at the world with a narrow-minded materialistic outlook brings a person to a state of emptiness and confusion. Your focus on instant gratification changes your perspective little by little, and then the sweetness of the real world, as Hashem intended, continuously slips away from you. Pretty sad, no? Let's bring an example to prove the point. Distorted Priorities An elderly man had 50-yard line tickets for the Super Bowl. As he sits down to enjoy the game, a guy comes over to him and asks him, Is anyone sitting next to you? 
No, he said. The seat is empty. Why, that's incredible. Who in their right mind would have a seat like this for the Super Bowl, the biggest sport event in the world, and not use it? Somberly, the elderly man says, Well, the seat actually belongs to me. I was supposed to come here with my wife, but she passed away. This is the first Super Bowl we have not been together since we got married 50 years ago. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. That's terrible. But couldn't you find someone else, a friend, a relative, even a neighbor, to take the seat? The elderly man shakes his head. No, they're all at the funeral. But on a serious note, isn't that all of us to some extent? Turning you into a small-minded, shallow, self-indulgent pleasure seeker was the true objective of the evil inclination all along. In fact, all the sinning it pushed you to do was necessary only to bring you into this dire situation. Do you get it? That's his game plan. So let's get to work. What is the solution? Well, I'm glad you asked. The Beis Avram says the following, The world says, If you can't go over it, go under it. But tzadikim say, as If you can't handle the struggle of life on your low level, then jump way over it. And the Nesiva Shalom says, if a person is walking in the wilderness amongst wild animals, snakes, scorpions, then no matter how many of them he kills, he'll never be safe since there are so many more of them. It never ends. His only chance of survival is to climb up to a place where they can't reach him. When life's struggles get too hard and you can't take the tug of war anymore, the only choice you have is to raise yourself above the struggle. Get out of there. Or as the world says, if you can't handle the heat, get out of the kitchen. The Navi tells us in Yeshayahu, Raise your eyes upward and see who created everything. And then Nesiva Shalom points out, Why do you need to look up to the sky to realize there's a God? If you gather all the scientists in the world, they couldn't create even one tiny ant. So why do you need to look up to the sky in order to recognize that Hashem created everything? Isn't it obvious from just looking anywhere? The Nesiva Shalom explains, It doesn't really mean stand where you are, tilt your head up and look towards the sky. What the Navi is telling us is look from the sky. The Navi is not telling us to physically look upward to realize that there is a creator. Rather, his message is, when you look at the world around you, kick mitaheheriblik, raise your vision to look from a spiritually elevated perspective. Once you elevate your vision and view the world through a higher spiritual lens, the hand of Hashem will be obvious and evident. As it says, Ki ata Hashem is the light of the world. However, only the eyes of pure souls can see Him. The people fortunate enough to live with this perspective are living lives full of light, purpose, and understanding. However, those who are dragged down by materialistic cravings are confined to a low perspective of the world and their lives are full of nonsense, darkness and confusion.
being trapped by shallow animalistic thinking controlled by your desire and materialism is like standing inside a small room. Even though there's a huge world out there, your entire vision is limited by the ceiling and the walls that surround you. However, as you walk out of the room and you start to raise your vision by heading to higher ground, sure, you'll still see the room, but then you'll see the rest of the house. And as you go higher, your scope of vision will spread more and more. You'll see the block. You'll see the city. And the higher you go, the more you allow your vision to actually see the perspective of the entire world around you. Let's bring an example to prove the point. The sky's the limit. Do you know that the sun is over 90 million miles away? And since every person can see the sun, you know what that means? That means that human vision can see a distance of over 90 million miles. And yet, if you are in a room that is 10 feet by 10 feet, you won't see past 10 feet. What happened to the power of your vision? The answer is simple. The walls blocked it. However, imagine that you hop into a hot air balloon and you start to float up in the air. As you float above your house, your vision will expand to see your whole house. And as you float higher, you will see your whole block, your whole town, your whole city, your whole state. And if you could reach outer space, you could even see the entire earth. The higher you go, the more perspective you have to see what was there all along, but was blocked by the walls that closed you in. The Nesiva Shalom says, Kasher mizdachich umabit b'mabat shamaymi, raya ezbere hakol v'ein shum choymer master ba'adoi. As you raise your perspective and pull away from the shallow desires, you will begin to view the world through a heavenly, spiritual, and uplifted outlook. Suddenly, wherever you look, you will openly see the hand of God the Yad Hashem, who manages every single detail of the universe. Just as a person with the silver dollars over his eyes cannot physically see the world that is so beautiful, in the very same way, animalistic worldly desires block a person's spiritual vision and he cannot see the beautiful spiritual world around him. But what happens when you break out? What happens if you raise your vision all of a sudden, everything changes. When you look at the world with unblocked spiritual eyes, all that you will see is the glory of Hashem who fills and surrounds the world and there is nothing except God. As you look at the entire creation, you will be filled with the understanding that Hashem is the beauty and glory of the world. Your soul will yearn with a burning desire to build a close and loving relationship with Hashem. Isn't that a wonderful way to live your life? But what will happen to all those huge temptations that once controlled your life? How are you going to deal with that? Are you going to have to go through your life 
fighting and fighting and fighting every minute? No. Because look what happens. The higher you go with your vision and perspective, the less important those things are to you. And therefore the battle fades away. The only time you can lower yourself to those cheap worldly pleasures is when the lights of your soul are dim and flickering. In that weak state, you can become confused and mixed up of what's important and what's not, and you're in danger of giving up precious diamonds for worthless imitations. However, when your soul feels pleasure and satisfaction from your sincere devotion and connection to fulfilling Hashem's will, all those cheap thrills of the perverted society around you will look disgusting to you. You will realize how empty and worthless those lowly worldly desires really are and how bad it makes you feel when you lived that life. Those sparkling silver dollars will stop blocking your entire vision and will start to blend back in with the entire pile of silver dollars as you regain the proper perspective. Sure, you will still be able to see them. They are there but you will have the ability to also see the entire picture and to understand that they are just a tiny, tiny part of a much larger picture. You will never again let those two measly dollars take over your entire vision and block you from seeing a million-dollar world. Once you pull those dollars away from your eyes, once they get less and less important to you, Once you start seeing that beautiful mound of a million dollars sparkling, you're going to look down at those people who take those silver dollars and put it in front of their eyes and saying, wow, I have such a great view. You're not even going to be tempted to ever want to be that person again. So think about it. What is pinning you down and trapping you? What is holding you back from raising yourself up to live a higher and better life? only your state of mind. But if somehow you could break out, the world would look so different to you, your perspective would change, and therefore your choices would be different. Let's bring an example to prove the point. Remember our friend Murray? As long as he was hooked in the mindset of a gambler, no one could talk to him or reason with him. He was lost. Each time he gambled, he lost touch with the real world and locked his mind into a smaller and smaller box. The only thing that could actually help Murray would be if somehow he would raise his mindset out and above his addiction, so that he would once again realize that there is more to life than gambling. As his mind opens up to what's really important, the significance of gambling will automatically be diminished and placed back into the right proportion. Want to gamble and have fun? Sure. Want to miss my son's bar mitzvah? No, not worth it. As he gets control over his life, the taiva to do that thing will get less. This concept can be summed up in the following way. The Heilige Kabrina's Chis Yuganalaini said, Eze oilam mali oir umasikus, le elu she'enam shakuambai, ve eze oilam choshechumar, le ela. What a wonderful world full of light and sweetness for those who are not immersed in it. And what a dark and bitter world for those who are immersed in it. 
There are two sides of the coin. On one side, we have people who are subjugated and immersed in blindly following earthly materialistic pleasures. They're out of control. Not surprisingly, these people also are the ones that can't find any trace of God. They see a world of pain and confusion, anger and hatred, a world full of questions. How could God allow the Holocaust to happen? Where was God? Couldn't God make a better world? And so many more questions. While those who manage to push down their physical side, thereby raising their spiritual side, live a tranquil life with a clear vision of a world created by a loving God that they trust, who clandestinely controls every single thing that happens. Exactly like a seesaw, but you can't have both at the same time. The more you push down a life of physical pleasure, the more you raise up automatically your spiritual outlook on life. And the more you raise up your spiritual outlook on life, automatically that pushes down the taiva, the desire for physical pleasure. The Nesiva Shalom says from the Beis Avram, Komashi Yehudi Oise Harize Mincha when looking at life this way, you, you come to a realization. You realize that absolutely nothing in this world is truly parav and gray. For either it's going to lead you toward a connection to Hashem and a life of purpose and inner pleasure, or it is going to connect you to the forces of evil that will lead you down a path toward pain and regret. Yish and Atzvos. We can all easily see that the above statement is true when it comes to the very big life decisions that we have or acts that are obviously going to push you in one direction or another. However, after deep introspection, you will realize that it's not just those big decisions, but it even applies to every single action or thought that you have. Either you're going towards God or you're getting pulled away from God. Either you're removing the obstacles that block you from a heavenly spirit, or you're adding division and walls that automatically separate you. The Nesiva Shalom says, Hashikol hayachid hamachavin ishihudi bechal pu'uloisov v'inyan of tzorich lihiyos ha'im yiskarev al yodam lahashem isbarach the single factor that must guide a yid in every situation is, will this thought or action strengthen my connection to Hashem? Or the opposite. The choice of which direction to focus your life on is yours. And that is what is called Bechira. You have the choice to observe the world and decide what kind of person you admire. You have the choice to decide what kind of lifestyle you would like to lead and to place yourself on the path that will lead you toward that goal. You may not necessarily have the freedom of choice right now to actually be at your goal, but you do always have the choice to place yourself on the path going toward the direction of your choice. And you have the choice to begin to learn what it takes to end up at your goal and to start heading there one step at a time. So let us pray. In Tehillim, David HaMelech said, Min HaMeitzar, from my distress, Karasi Ka, I call out to Hashem, Anani Vamerchav Ka, answer me with abundance. The Nesive Emes points out that the word Meitzar also can mean boundary. 
Using this meaning, the verse reads, Min hameitzar, when I find myself at the border, at my boundary, at my limit, I'm as far as I can go, I'm as good as I can be. I'm at the end of the line. I'm trapped by thick walls of addiction and sinful thoughts and desires that closed in on me. What do I do? Karasika. I call out to Hashem and I plead, Please provide me with an extension and expand my boundaries so I can flourish and grow higher. The Kabrina said, Having all the money in the world doesn't come close to having clarity and tranquility of spirit, being happy with yourself. This means that if someone would actually give you a choice, you could have right now one billion dollars with a B, billion dollars, along with a life without tranquility of spirit or a life of clarity and tranquility. A wiser choice would be to take the tranquility. In fact, we always hear about millionaires and billionaires who commit suicide, who are so depressed, they hate their lives. But we very rarely hear of a huge tzaddik, even though he has nothing in this world, who kills himself, who's miserable. Now, once you tap into this concept, even for just a few minutes, then you will taste the delicious sense of inner tranquility and peace. Your life will change. Your attitude will change. Your stability will improve. You will learn to keep your focus on what really makes you feel good deep down. You will yearn to grow even higher. You will mock. You will realize how silly your sinful desires were. And you will raise up your life to a higher spiritual level. Of course, you can't do this on your own. When you make a sincere effort, then Hashem weighs in and helps you out. As the Nesiva Shalom says, Ha'odam basar v'adam. A human being, flesh and blood, can never reach high levels of holiness purely on our own. We must try, we must give the effort to reach purity. And then Hashem rewards us for trying, and He gives us the gift of becoming pure and holy. The Pritzadik Ribzadik HaKoyim says, through your yearning and learning the Holy Torah, it will enter your heart and then Hashem will help you so that your actions will be correct. So let us strive for a life of clarity which will carry us to a spiritual healing and to a life of happiness on planet Earth. And you'll go high.